Father, we just want to commit this specific moment to you, a moment where we look at the Bible, your word, because we believe it to be your word. And so I pray, Holy Spirit, that as it is my mouth, that it is graced by you. And that for every single one of us who is here this morning, may these words be life-changing words. May they be words that really build our life and build our faith. And even if they are challenging, let it be. But that we might take these words and see them being applied to our life. And we just ask, Lord God, in these next few moments that you would do what only you can do, and that is internal transformation. You are the one who transforms. You are the one who renews, restores. And so we pray that that is the case this morning. Illuminate these words to every single one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. So 1,989 years ago, there was a group of people gathered in a home in Jerusalem. An event took place with this group of people that gave birth to a movement that went from just 120 people to billions of people. It went from a home in Jerusalem to pretty much every corner of the globe that we know. Now, this group of people wasn't an exceptional group of people. They were pretty standard members of society, average, ordinary people, but they were gathered around something very particular. And from this event that took place, we now sit in the experience of what happened close to 2,000 years ago. In just three weeks' time, on the 5th of June, 2022, we're going to take time to remember that particular event, and we're going to celebrate what is known as Pentecost Sunday. I'm going to read to you from the book of Acts. Acts chapter 2, because it details this particular event. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1 says this, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them. We've been talking about rhythms. We've been talking about the importance of rhythms and um, we're setting in motion certain significant times in our calendar that we are going to keep coming back to. We're going to circle back to certain things, and the hope is, is that every time we circle back to them, we're going to go deeper, we're going to go broader, and we're going to see the significance of those dates becoming a reality in our lives. I've become so fascinated with the um, Jewish festivals. So Pentecost is the second of the three major Jewish pilgrim festivals. And what I mean by the pilgrim festivals was that the people who would define as being Jewish, wherever they would live, there would be three times a year where they would pilgrimage to the city of Jerusalem for these particular festivals. There were other feasts and other festivals, but three major pilgrim festivals. The first one was the festival of Passover. Now, we celebrated just recently Easter. Easter is that time where we would remember and put emphasis on the life, 
crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. Really the pivotal watershed moment in what our faith is because Christianity is to believe not just in Jesus being a person, definitely not in him being just a mystical figure, but actually a person whom is God in human form. And by his life, crucifixion and resurrection, he makes a way for people to come into what is known as God's amazing grace. His unearned, undeserved power unto salvation, that we would be rescued simply by believing in Jesus as being Lord and Savior and the finished work of the cross. Now, we call it Easter, but it actually aligns more to the Passover festival that is celebrated within Judaism. Because the Passover festival really was about the liberation of God's people. It was about the rescuing from death and bringing into life that they would find themselves living in the promises of God, the wide open, expansive nature of God's grace. And it came about at that time through a sacrificial lamb. And we would know Jesus to be the ultimate sacrificial lamb. That by his death and shedding of blood, we were brought into liberty and freedom. So Passover aligns with Easter. Um, There is a festival coming up towards the end of the year. It's known as Sukkot. Sukkot is really the pilgrimage festival that celebrates the time of wandering in the desert where there was a liberty being brought, but the people of God hadn't necessarily found themselves arriving in the promise. You could see that as a way of people being justified, but still to be sanctified. Those are good old Christian Bible words that we can use. Now this festival, Pentecost, it's a Greek word, and the Greek translation is literally 50, the number 50, or it's actually in reference to the 50th day after the significance of the Passover festival. So Pentecost was celebrated by the Jewish people 50 days or seven weeks after Passover. Pentecost was really to celebrate harvest. It also became a festival where they would celebrate the giving of the Torah or law through Moses on Mount Sinai. So that was a part of the celebration, historically speaking. They were celebrating the law given to Moses for the people. Now, how does that fit into what Jesus brings and what Pentecost actually signifies for us? And there is so much that can be aligned and learned from it. That passage of Scripture in the book of Acts speaks of The significance of Holy Spirit entering into time and space for people whom would believe in the rescuing power of Jesus and the empowerment that it brings to people. And that is a key element of Pentecost, but also the celebration of the Holy Spirit into believers' lives. The original intentions of God in creating humanity was that we would live in the ways of God, empowered by His life. That we would be sustained, walking in close fellowship with our Creator, that the way that He intended for us would come from the inside out. That it would come not by strife, 
not by the sweat of our brow, but because of the intimacy that we would have with the very definition of life, it was from his empowerment that we would live in his ways. But then there was a separation that occurred. We would know it as the fall, and in that fall, there was a separation that occurred, and it came into a place now for a temporary period. It was never meant to be eternal. A temporary season. People would live in the ways of God based upon their effort, based upon the sweat of their brow. Pentecost now, in a new covenant perspective, celebrating and aligning with what took place historically is this, okay? It used to be a celebration of the law, a way of godly living etched out on stone through Moses to be lived out in one's own strength. But now it's a celebration of grace, a way of godly living etched out in our hearts given through Jesus and the outpouring and infilling of his spirit to be lived out by his empowerment. The um, prophet in the Old Testament called Ezekiel, he declares it like this. And listen to these words. For I will take you out of the nations and I will gather you from all countries and bring you back to your own land. I will sprinkle you clean, verse 25 of Ezekiel 36, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and I'll give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and you will follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Notice how it's speaking of taking the ways etched out on stone and now putting those ways etched into hearts. Coming back to the original intentions of God, that this life that we can live here on earth, there is a kingdom come, there is a as on earth as it is in heaven, there is a life that can be lived that is grace-empowered and spirit-led. And as we head towards Pentecost, that really is what we're trying to put some emphasis on. So what I'm thinking of doing in the next couple of weeks is to speak of the Holy Spirit as a way of introduction. Introducing who He is, why He is, how it's applicable or how He is applicable in our lives. And then the hope is this is that as it would be like any person that I would be describing to you with the ultimate anticipation being built that when you meet this person, that meeting is over and above everything of what you'd even heard, the 5th of June, the desire is, is that you and I are going to meet Holy Spirit in a personal way. That as much as we can know about the Holy Spirit, there is always something more significant in knowing in a personal way. Because to live empowered by the Spirit of God is the life that God intended for us. That there are ways of God, and those ways are higher, those ways are significant, those ways are life-changing personally, but those ways are also society-changing. They are community-transforming. But those ways 
were never intended for us to be figured out in our own strength. They were always to be empowered by His grace and by His Spirit. We have to be mindful that when we start to talk about Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit or there's other terms used like Holy Ghost. That's a bit of a scary one, right? (laughs) Um, Spirit of God, Spirit of Christ. I know that even in a room this size that there aren't that many people, but there would be so many varying perspectives, so many varying experiences. And some, you could be like, bring it on. Like June 5th, I'm so excited for that because then I'm going to let loose and the Spirit of God is going to do His thing and like it's going to be an amazing experience. Some of us are already planning what we are doing on that 5th and it's not going to be here. (laughs) And when it comes to Holy Spirit, when it comes to the presence of God, when it comes to uh, spirit experiences, We need to ensure that whenever we come into times of talking and focus, that there is always context and understanding. But at the end of the day, what it is more about is a personal encounter with a living God. Because what we believe to be true is that Christianity is not a dead religion, but it is a alive experience in a living God who desires to meet with us very personally and very intimately, that we would find ourselves relinquishing control to allow Him to empower and guide our lives. God's intention is that we live in a way that is His. Because that way is the way. And then appreciating that he desires to help us in that way. And that help is his spirit. And that Christianity is not just to be something that is intellectualized. And that is good to have an intellectual understanding. It is good. Uh, It's good to study. It's good to understand. It's good to have context. It's good to break words down. And it's good... But Christianity is to be experienced, not just understood. And so as we head towards the 5th of June, um, we're going to put a spotlight on this. We're going to talk about Holy Spirit. We're going to try and break down some stereotypes just to allow a clean slate that come the 5th of June, there would at least be the opportunity for us to have a sincere, real Not performed, not put on, not contrived, but real encounter with the Spirit of God. And we need to be very careful in the context of church that we don't over-formulize things. We see something happening somewhere and we think, well, that's how they did things to get that. So that now means this is the formula and we kind of plow out a path of method and formula to get about a God result. Essentially, that's to say we can control how God acts and moves, which we can't because he's God, right? If he is God, then he is uncontrollable. He is the creator and we are created. So we're not trying to now come up with some formula as we head towards June 5th. This desire to see God do something in our midst, because listen, this is the reality. 
When we set out to start a church, and some of you don't know our story in detail, and we need to create some forums for that to happen, but when we set out to start a church, one of the core motivating factors for me personally was that I wanted to be able to say that our church is a God story church. And I know that sounds like cliched, and I know it sounds like, well, surely that should be the case everywhere. I know it, unfortunately, not to be true everywhere. And, and I know that there are certain ways of doing things that can see certain results. And, and I know there are certain methods that can be put in place that could see certain performance take place. But I just had a desire that we could honestly say, hand on heart, not me, all of us, that this is God at work. That this is by His Spirit. This is not by our effort. This is by Him. So we're not going to get overly formulaic about this. However, there is biblical precedent to see some ingredients heading in towards Pentecost Sunday. And let me read this to you. Um, Acts chapter 1. Jesus talking to those that are closest to Him. Verse 4. On one occasion while He was eating with them, those that were closest to Him, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait. For the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about, for John baptized with water in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Previously, if you look at all the ends of the Gospels, the Gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those gospel accounts of Jesus, right towards the ends of all of those accounts, there is a command given by Jesus to those closest to him. It's often referred to as the Great Commission. And it's the mission of God's people. The Great Commission is a going message. Jesus says, go into all of the world and make disciples. See them being baptized in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So there is this missional aspect to our faith, and we should always be reminded of that. This is not to be stagnant, passive. It is to be going and missional. We should exist not just for what happens inside this room, but everything that happens outside of this room. However, it's interesting to me that Jesus says, go on this mission, but before you go, Wait. And waiting is pivotal when it comes to us having a genuine encounter with God's Spirit. Waiting. Um, Acts chapter 1, now again, verse 12. He says it like this. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from, from the hill they called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day walk from the city. When they arrived, they went to the upstairs room where they were staying, those present naming some of the disciples. Verse 14. They were all together constantly in prayer. Along with the woman and Mary the mother of Jesus and his brothers. So we see the first ingredient being wait. The second ingredient being be together in prayer. Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. So that's the ingredients that we're looking for. In the next few weeks, those ingredients of waiting, of prayer, and of gathering are what we are going to emphasize as we believe to see the Spirit of God be poured out and us being filled in 
by His very strength and grace. You know, waiting... Thanks, Merv. Waiting... Um, it's an interesting word because we often associate it with doing nothing. Uh, if I'm waiting to get my license renewed, you're doing nothing. If I'm waiting in the Amplali Prep car park, we all know what that waiting's like. We, we often associate waiting with doing nothing. It's not true. Waiting doesn't need to equate to doing nothing. Because there are waiting seasons in all of our lives. There are very waiting specific moments, but there are waiting seasons. And Jesus specifically tells them to wait before they go. And he gave examples of even him going, having moments of waiting. And when it comes to a biblical definition of waiting, not literal in the terms of, I'm going to now tell you what the Greek says, but in concept, that waiting always involved seeking, searching, expectancy, hunger, anticipation. And those ways of approaching waiting will always bring about a favorable response from God. So our waiting is to build anticipation and expectancy. And then we have prayer. They're gathered together constantly to pray. Prayer, for me, is one of the greatest expressions of humility. Because what prayer is saying is that, God, I need help. Those three words, I need help, are possibly the three most powerful words in existence. I can't do this alone. I need help. You know, God steps in and helps, but prayer is that vocal expression of I need help. And prayer is a relationship builder. Prayer is a trust builder. Prayer is a humility expression. And then finally, the gathering together. We see that constantly throughout the New Testament of people gathering together. And, and I, I genuinely believe that coming out of the last two and a bit years, and we can talk about COVID and um, everything of what COVID did in the world and, and, and did in the context of church and everything, what it did specifically do was it attacked gathering. It forced isolation. And so what it's done is it's attacked the very essence and nature of what the church is. The church is the people of God gathered now, not gathered in a church service per se, not gathered in the formalities of religion, but gathered. Gathered together in community, gathered together in friendship, gathered together in needs, in that gift exchange of generosity and I need help and, and all together. And, and I believe there is something significant upon gathering. And may we be a church that values gathering, that places it as a priority. Not an obligation. Uh, now, I, I know sometimes there's going to be moments when we're going to just need to like speak to ourselves and be like, just get there. You know, like, just get there. Something's on. Just get there. I don't feel like it. I don't feel like everything's good. But just get there. Because this is what I know to be true. I never regret gathering. Even as an introvert, I never regret gathering. So those three things, waiting, prayer, and gathering. 
we're going to try and put a little bit of focus and emphasis on it. So the week leading into June 5th, so from the 29th, which will be an evening service, nice little change up to how we get together. For that week leading into that Pentecost Sunday, I really want us to see gathering, prayer, and waiting happening in our lives. So I feel like we're going to put together a daily devotional. Uh, Let's gather together in prayer in that week leading up. And I genuinely want to believe Pentecost Sunday, it's in our calendar. It's in the rhythm of our life. Let's believe it to be as significant as God intends for every single one of us.